Thank you so much for being here. How great is our God. Thank you so much for the words to that beautiful, beautiful song. Thank you. Um, It's very kind of you to come. Well, we love you all so much, and we thank you that you're here with us this day, and especially for those of you that are visiting with us. I mean, how can we ever thank you enough for coming and taking of your time to spend with us as we worship our risen Savior? Um, The Bible has a, a lot to say about this day. By the way, I don't know if you've seen this or not. People come up and taking pictures. Roland and Janice Hernandez of our church, who have a... Um, I want to make sure I don't mess up. They did not ask me to do this. In fact, they asked me not to do this, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> they, they took the time to make these, this beautiful carving, and all the carvings in the multipurpose room, just beautiful. And their, their company is called Carving Ice in Anaheim. And, and they did not ask me to say that. I am saying that because I want to. And, and it, this is so beautiful. You want to come up afterwards and take a look at it. How in the world... They got the, the words in there. I, I don't know. But it is for the word of the Lord. The word of cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. So we thank you for being here. Um, let's face it. This is, a, this is a day for those of us who have placed our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. is perhaps the most important day of the year. And... And yet, um, what makes this event so important is, um, is a risen Savior. And I want to say to you something this morning before we begin. If Jesus Christ did not raise himself from the dead, then we are wasting our time here, really. Both your time, my time, we're wasting our time because all of this that we are doing today. You know, I mean, I got in, I showered and got in a suit. I don't ever wear a suit on Sundays. And I got in a suit. If, if this is not true, what we are worshiping right now, then it is nonsense. Foolishness that we're here. And I want to show you, those are not my words. Those are words that come straight from the Word of God. I'm going to ask you to only be in one place in the Bible this morning. If you, if you don't have a Bible, I think there should be one in the chair in front of you. I want you to look at Luke chapter 24 with me. We're going to also look at 1 Corinthians, but you don't need to turn there. I'm just going to show you that Paul is saying the same thing that the apostles said. And also, at the very end, we're going to take a parallel account of what is taking place in Luke chapter 24, because I believe... It speaks a little more clearly to the point that is being made this morning about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so that's the only places we're going to look. And I'm going to break up here, Luke chapter 24, into three parts. And what I want to try to do, if God will allow me, I want to try to prove to you that this is not at all nonsense. That we have trusted in a risen Savior And there is evidence and proof of what we believe. And so if you're visiting, I want you to, if you wouldn't mind, just give us the next, what, 30 minutes of your time. And listen, don't listen to me so much. Take a look, if you have a Bible, what the Bible says. We're going to read through it and see what it speaks to your heart. And see if you can 
also see that perhaps what you feel in your heart of hearts is nonsense that we gather together like this every week. And by the way, those of us that have trusted in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we, we believe we're like this all the time. This is, our, this is our way of thinking. We worship a risen Savior every day. But I jumped ahead of myself. Read with me, please. Um, chapter 24 of Luke, the first 13 verses. As I say to you, we're going to break this up into three different parts. First part, verses 1 to 13. It says, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. You're going to see in a moment, it's, it's some women that are there. And they came to the tomb to, to put spices upon this, this body, but he's not there. So, verse 4, It happened while they were there, perplexed about this. Behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling apparel. We're also going to find out in a little bit, these two men are angels. Let's read. It said, As the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living one from among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise again? It says in verse 8 that they remembered these words and they returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. In other words, they went back to this room where they were all stationed, the apostles, that were the eleven, and all the rest were the disciples, those who had placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and were following him. And so they, they returned and reported, verse 9, all of these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now, we know who they are. They are Mary Magdalene, they are Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James. Also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. Now, remember what I said. If this is not so, it's pure nonsense that we're here. Wasting your time and my time. But watch what the Bible says in verse 11. These words appeared to them, them meaning the apostles and those, the disciples in the room who did not go to the tomb and were listening to the woman. These words appeared to them as what? Nonsense. And they would not believe them. But it says, Peter arose, ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home, marveling at that which had happened. I am saying to you this morning that it's not just nonsense. And I pray that you'll give us your attention for just this while and listen to what the Bible has to say about this most precious moments of moments within the life of this world in which we live. We do worship a risen Savior and the evidence is overwhelming. Pray with me, please. Father, first and foremost, we want to glorify and magnify your most holy and righteous name. Father, we, uh, we say to you that there is no one like you. And we love you very much. And we thank you for your words so that we might understand what is truth and what is not truth and where we can place our hope in, in all of these things, Father. 
we ask that you would do us a great favor. As you say in the book of Psalms, would you please open up our eyes, our hearts and our minds and our thoughts, that we might behold wonderful things from your word. Father, I pray with all of my heart that you would move the speaker, myself, aside. Move me aside, Father. Um, if possible, barely noticed so that we might take a look at the Bibles that we hold, the words that you have written and said to us, so that we might understand and know that we're hearing from your heart to our hearts. And we might, Father, by the grace of an almighty God, no longer consider church as nonsense. Wipe away our doubts, dear Father, so that we might believe, I pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's, let's, let's set a case out. If Jesus is still in the grave, the Bible says what these men say. We are all without hope. It is really, truly all nonsense. Just as the apostles exclaimed in verse 11. The words appeared to them when the women said, He's no longer there. He, he's risen. He, the, the angels told us He's alive. And the words that they were saying appeared to, the, to these men and women as nonsense, and, and they wouldn't believe them. Now, now, let's put ourselves in their places. Let's not make this so abstract that we, we can't think with them at all. I mean, think about it, that someone dies, and, 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 and all of a sudden he's, he's risen from the dead, he's alive. I think most of us here would say, nonsense, nonsense. What's wrong with you? Shake yourself. Have a cup of coffee or something. You, know, he's, you can't believe what you're telling me. And so what, what happens, by the way, I, I won't ask you to turn there unless you want to. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14. Paul verifies these words. Paul says, look, he, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, if Jesus Christ has not been raised, then our preaching, Paul says, is vain. He also says that not only is our preaching vain, but also your faith is vain. Now, I looked up the word vain. I wanted to know what did it mean. And, and some words that translate vain is useless, worthless, ineffective, Hopeless, unproductive, futile. Let's face it. Paul said that if Jesus Christ did not raise from the dead, that your faith, my faith, our faith is nonsense. Nonsense. You see, what I love about the Bible is it does not duck and hide from telling you what you perhaps are already thinking. And that is this. All of this that we are celebrating this day of all days, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if it is not true, the Bible says, it's nonsense. It's worthless. It's vain. If Jesus Christ did not raise. Now what I want to try to show you is that he did. You see, all of eternal life, all that those of us 
who have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ is hinged upon this one central event called Easter Sunday or the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What some may call nonsense, many of us here have placed our faith and our trust in our lives itself upon this event called Easter or the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you another thing, please. No one is saved or, you know, becomes a Christian or whatever words you want to put connected to it. No one is saved by just the life of Jesus Christ, as great as it was. Even though throughout his life, he raised people from the dead. He cured a man who was born blind and gave him sight. He cured every disease that came his way. He even controlled nature itself. We are told that he was in a boat with these fishermen that were, were weathered fishermen and they became frightened because the wind and the sea was so rough that they woke, woke him up and said, we're perishing. And he said, oh, you guys have little faith. He's sleeping while wow, they're worried about what's going to take place. And he walks to the front of the boat, the Bible tells us, and he goes to the wind, hush, be still. And instantly, the Bible says, the wind ceased and the sea became calm. Not only that, not only that, but we are told they're out there in a boat and he's on the dry land and he comes walking to them on the water. But let me say to you, it isn't just his life. As miraculous as his life is, It's not his life that saves us. God tells us what saves us is the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what makes the difference within our lives. And that's why those of us who believe in him consider this day the most important day of days. This is a verification upon what we have trusted and believed in. We worship and praise and honor a risen Savior, who is no longer in the grave. Now, as we just read in the first 13 verses of Luke chapter 24, as you read with me, no one expected to see Jesus Christ alive again. They saw him die, and with his death, they felt their hopes and their dreams die with him. Out of curiosity, I don't want anybody to raise your hand. Um, But I want you to think. I'm sure in a crowd this size, there are some of us here who had our hopes and our dreams die somewhere in our lives as well. Something that we were hoping for. Someone that we placed our faith and trust upon and they kind of let us down. I'm here to say to you that Jesus Christ desires to help you through the pain of having your hopes and your dreams lost. When the women get to the the tomb, they found it empty. We saw in verse 5, an angel asks them, what are you doing here? He says in verse 5, why do you seek the living one from among the dead? Then the angel said in verse 6, he's not here, he has risen goes on to say, if you look further into verse 6, the angel said, don't you remember? Don't you remember what Jesus Christ said to you when he was in Galilee? 
Don't you remember it says in verse 7 that he was going to be crucified? That he was going to die and three days later he would rise again from the dead? And we are told in verse 8, they remembered that. They remembered, yes, he did tell us these things. He told us that he was going to have to suffer death, die on the cross, be crucified, be buried and rise again in three days. They remembered that he said that. So in verse 9, they run back to the apostles and the disciples to report everything that just took place, what the angels told them. And what was their response? What did the the people in the upper room say to them in verse 11? What are you speaking? Nonsense? We don't believe it. We will not believe. But, but, Peter ran to see You see, they too did not expect to see Jesus Christ alive again, even though he told them that he'd come back. Remember, he said, remember these words that I am telling you. I am going to die. I am going to be crucified. They're going to bury me, but I'll rise again in three days. And so I say to you, if you're here visiting with us, and you doubt, you're in good company. Good company. In the midst of their doubts, Peter, in verse 12, runs to the tomb to see if what these women had said is true or not. And he saw the evidence, and it says, at the end of verse 12, he went away marveling, wondering what in the world just took place. You know what's so special about you being here with us today if you don't normally come to church? In your doubts, and unless you were dragged here unconscious, and who knows, some of you might have been, you know, with a threat. You don't come to church with me today, we're not going to eat. Okay, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. But if you're here today in your doubts, if you too, like Peter, are willing to look, listen, and consider what is said concerning Jesus Christ and his resurrection He might also move away your doubts. This nonsense of church. What takes place after verse 13 is one of the places in Scripture. Both other services, I said, it's my favorite place. And and the people that go here normally laugh. And I want you to know why they laugh. Because I say that about a lot of places. So, I'm going to just say this service. One of the places in Scripture that I wish... I could have been, is what's taken place after verse 13. We're going to read about two guys who were in that room and decided enough is enough is enough. I'm going back. And they started to go to Emmaus, which was a seven-mile walk. Well, let's read about it. It's better you hear from the scriptures than my opinion. Watch. Verse 13. Behold... Two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Verse 14 says, They were conversing with each other about all these things which had taken place. What had taken place was the death and the resurrection, supposedly, of Jesus Christ. So it came about, in verse 15, while they were conversing and discussing, note, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them, but it says their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And so he asks them in verse 17, what are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? 
And they stood still looking sad. The reason they looked sad, folks, well, we know. They had lost their hope. The one that they had placed all their faith and their trust in, the one who was going to redeem them in Israel, the one who was going to give them everlasting eternal life is dead. And so they're sad. They're sad and they're on their way to Emmaus. They're leaving Jerusalem and they're going to Emmaus. One of them, verse 18, named Cleopas, answered and said to Jesus, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things that have happened here in these days? And Jesus, I love him to death. I love him to death, folks. He says, uh, what things? I, he knows exactly what things. It's like he's out fishing, you know. He's, he's, I got one. I got him. So he says, what things? What things? And they said to him, the things about Jesus, the Nazarene. He was a prophet, mighty indeed, in word in the sight of God and all the people. And how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him up to the sentence of death. They crucified him. But we were what? We were what? We were hoping. Oh man, we were hoping that it was him. We were hoping that he was the one that was promised. That he was the one who was going to come and save us from this sin that we have within our lives. We were hoping it was him. It goes on to say in that verse, we were hoping it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all of this, it's the third day since these things happened. But they said, some women among us amazed us. They, they were at the tomb early in the morning. They didn't find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels. I told you those two guys were angels. Who said he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it exactly as the women had said. But him they didn't see. And he says to them in verse 25, Oh, foolish man, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary, he said, for the Christ, the Messiah, God's chosen one to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And then, this is why I would have loved to have been there. Verse 27 is it. He said, it says in verse 27, In beginning with Moses, with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. In other words, folks, he took them back to the Old Testament. He took them to Moses and all the prophets and, and systematically showed them how he was mentioned, how the Messiah and how Jesus Christ was mentioned all throughout the Old Testament. And some people say he's only mentioned in the New. Folks, he is on every page of our Bibles. He is the very thread of the Bible. He is the very essence of life. He is mentioned everywhere. And he explained it to them himself from Moses on through Scripture. Now watch this. Verse 28, they approached the village where they were going. And look, he acted as though he was going to go further. They urged him, in verse 29, saying, stay with us. Stay, stay with us, for it's getting towards evening, and the day is now nearly over. And he went in to stay with them. In verse 30 it says, He came about that when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he began giving it to them. And it says in verse 31, their eyes were open, and they recognized that it was him. They recognized that it was Jesus. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another in verse 32, Didn't our hearts 
burn within us when we were on the road and he was explaining the scriptures to us? Didn't our hearts burn? And folks, that's what I, I pray for you. That as you look through this, the word of God, your heart too will burn trying to understand, trying to make sense of all of this. And who is this one called Jesus? Who is he? They were hoping, they said in verse 21. You see, they too were hoping. Like some of us here today, they had lost their hope and their dreams. They were hoping that Jesus, he was going to redeem them, to save them, to give them salvation and a hope. There is something here I want you to notice that is, it ought to be very comforting to us. It's in verse 15. It can can slip by if if you're not really aware and look. Note, it is Jesus Christ himself who comes to these men. They didn't have to reach out to him. He came to them. No fanfare. He just comes and walks alongside of them. Please don't miss this point. They did not realize it was Jesus Christ, it says in verse 16. And so many times, I want you to know, Jesus comes to you and me, but we simply don't recognize that he is there. Oh, he might not come physically, but he comes through a friend. He comes through an acquaintance. He comes through something that we call... Coincidence. Oh man, was I lucky there. And we fail to recognize that, that Jesus is there right beside us. I've learned in my life, as foolish as it might sound, that I call nothing coincidental anymore. Everything that happens to me, I try to look for the hand of God and see if He's not moving within my life and that I might have a, a chance to Have him walk alongside of me. And then in verses 25 through 27, Jesus begins to tell them all about himself, as we've already read, from the Old Testament forward, of how he was going to live, how he was going to suffer, how he was going to die and rise again for the sins of the world, for each of us. And when he was through talking with them in verse 28, note something again. They begged him to stay. He It says in verse 28, he acted as though he was going to go further. Listen, folks, listen clear on this. Jesus Christ never presses himself upon anyone. Not them, not you, not me. He always waits for us to ask him to stay, or he will pass by if you allow him to. But they say, stay with us. And when their eyes were opened and recognized it was really him, it was him who was walking with with us, it was him who was explaining all the scriptures to us. Didn't our hearts burn within us, they said, when he was explaining himself through the scriptures as we walked on the way. Their hearts were burning. I beg of you today, I beg of you, If through reading this, the word of God, your heart starts to burn within you with the wonderful message of who Jesus Christ is, then I beg of you, ask him to stay with you. Ask him to reveal himself to you. 
And just as it was with these dear men, he will come to you as well. What takes place next is to all of us who believe in this day called Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the very heart of Easter. For those who have trusted in him, look at verse 33. What did they do? All of a sudden their trip to Emmaus wasn't all that important. They arose, it says, that very hour in verse 33, and they went back to Jerusalem. Whatever it was that was so important to get them go and walk to Emmaus was no longer of importance to them. Rather, they found gathered together the eleven and the rest that were there, and they said to them in verse 34, The Lord has really risen. We saw Him. We saw Him. And they began to relate the experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them through the breaking of the bread. Folks, I say to you and me who believe, we need to arise. We need to get up and tell people about our Savior. And so in verses, the last, the third section of this place in Scripture, from from verse 36 to 49, Jesus comes back again. He reassures them who are in that room that he is truly alive. And that Easter and life in general is with hope. Now as we close, what I'd like to ask you to do is to move from from Luke 24 just to the right. The next book over is John. Look at the 20th chapter of John. It's a parallel account of what takes place at the end of Luke. But I want to... To, for, for the purpose of this message, I want you to see this parallel account because it speaks of us. It speaks of you and it speaks of me. Jesus Christ comes back into that room and He reveals Himself to all who were there. He says, look, look at my hands. See the nail print? Look, he says, look at my feet. You can see the nail prints. Look at my side where they stabbed me with a sword to prove that I was dead. Look and see, I am alive. In this parallel account in John chapter 20, we see the words of Jesus Christ to those who were in that room and those who were not in that room, namely a gentleman by the name of Thomas and you, 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 and me. Let's see what happens. Thomas is not there when he comes in and he says, take a look at the nail prints in my hand. And so, in verse 24 of John chapter 20, Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, therefore, were saying to him, Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Plain and simple. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Verse 26 says, After eight days, again the disciples were inside, and Thomas this time was with them. It says, Jesus came, the doors having been shut. This place is locked shut. He just just walks right through. He stood in their midst and he said, Peace be with you. And in verse 27, he then says to Thomas, Tommy boy? I said that. (laughs) Reach here your finger and see my hands. 
Reach here your hand, put it into my side. And be not unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. He believed. And Jesus looked at him in the next verse. And read what it says. Jesus said to him, "Have." Let me read it. thought I'd do it by heart. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Jesus goes on to say, Blessed are those in your Belinda at the Rock Community Church on this day in the year 2008 who have never seen me, and yet they still believe. There's not a one of us here in this room that has ever seen Jesus Christ. If there is, you come to them and tell me, I'm going to say nonsense. I'm going to find that hard to believe. But we are, those of us who have trusted in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are a blessed people. Because we have placed our faith and trust in a Savior whom we have never seen. We just take a look at him through his words And we trust to believe in him. And there's enough evidence within these pages that if anyone takes a look, I mean takes a a real decent look with no particular agenda, you'll find him. Your hearts will, like those on the road to Emmaus, burn as he starts to explain himself to you through the word of God. If you ever come back here to visit with us again, we make you a promise. We're not going to tell you about our religion because we don't have one here. We're not going to tell you about our denomination because we don't have one here. The only thing we're going to tell you about here at this church is Jesus Christ written within these pages and how these pages can help you and me become more the people of God that God desires us to be. What once was nonsense to every single one of us at one time in our life has become our hope, has become everything to us. This day, Easter, we worship a risen Savior. Some of you are saying it's nonsense. I've had plenty of my friends tell me I'm crazier and I'll get out. I sold out my life to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And they think I'm a fool. And I look at them normally and I say, well then, what do you follow? Who do you follow? I say, nine out of ten, most of my friends say, myself, man. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. I'm saying that's a great thing. I ask them a question. If what I believe is true, what do you think you have? If there truly is a heaven and there truly is a hell, if there truly is the escaping of hell by faith and trust in Jesus Christ, what do you have to fall back on? It might all be a joke. But I sure don't want to die and find out that I should have believed. It's a little late then. 
And so I believe. And if they're right and I die, I ask them, what happens to me if I die? I say, you're all right, you're a pretty good guy. Thank you, I say. Thanks. Then I'm okay. And I look them in the eye and I say, I like my odds a lot better than I do yours. Folks, I can't tell you, you have to experience. It is the greatest experience in your life to have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and to have evidence start to prove himself to you even deeper and deeper all the time you study his word. Don't gamble your eternity. If your heart is burning within you, don't let him pass by. Ask him to stay. If you like, come back and visit us. We'll try with all of our hearts to teach you what the Bible says. We will not, we're not going to try to tell you something that we don't know. We'll be as honest with you as we possibly can. We'll open up the scriptures, our Bibles, and we'll let the Bible speak for itself. And we won't try to conform it into any type of religion or denomination. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Now I want to say to you what I say to everybody every week I'm here, and that is with the privilege of God gives me that I love you with all my heart. I know you're saying you don't know me. I, I understand that. I still love you. I love you folks with all my heart. I love you. I love you. I love you folks. I pray with all my heart that this Easter will be so special for you that your hearts will burn within you. I'm I'm mean enough to hope and pray when you go home tonight that you can't rest because your heart burns to understand more about Jesus if you've never trusted in him. We love you very much. If you don't know what to say and you'd like to have him in your heart, listen, I don't think there's a huge formula about knowing the Lord. It's faith. It's faith. It's just faith. Just asking him not to pass by. Asking him to forgive you of your sin. Asking him to make you in the person he's created you to be. Unless you ask, he won't stay. He'll move on. Father, I pray with all of my heart, all of my heart, that you will touch each of our hearts that are here today. Stay. We pray it's not a coincidence that each and every person who is here is here today by your appointed plan. And I pray that the words that they read of yours will burn within their hearts. And they, like those two men on the road to Emmaus, will ask you to stay. And then all of us, like Thomas, whether we see him in person or we just believe, will be blessed and be able to exclaim, my Lord and my God. We love you, Father. We love your Son. We thank you for this time, this Easter Sunday. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. Have a wonderful day, and I'm just so thankful that you are with us today. God bless you all.